Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Keith Russell was just 12 years of age when his struggles with disordered eating began. And now, years on, he wants more men, in particular, to speak out about their body image struggles. And Keith is with us here in studio today. Keith, good afternoon. Hey, Andrea. Yeah, yeah. thanks a million for, for coming in to us. Um, bring us back. I talked about it, you know, I mentioned there when you were 12 years of age. Mm. Um, what started or how? Um, it's funny because, obviously, I get asked that question quite a lot. And kind of up until that period of time I don't really have any memories of ever feeling con- like self-conscious or anything and it was funny because even yesterday I was looking at old pictures w- with my sister and like all the pictures of me up until that age were all of me smiling and me happy face and mm. it was kind of like it's kind of heartbreaking because as we were kind of going through the photographs as I got older the smile on my face started to slowly disappear and it's only when you actually lay the pictures out you can kind of see it you see the pattern? Y- yeah but I mean I suppose up on 12 or 13 when I started, I think really swimming lessons, I started to really, really just kind of be self-conscious about myself and just not really be comfortable in my own skin. I started to compare myself to others and I just realised very, very quickly that I wasn't handling handling it very well. I mean, other people can probably get over things quite quickly. It depends on yourself, I mean, but for me, it just, I didn't handle it very well. In what way, Keith? It just started to kind of take hold of me, it, like it caused me a lot of anxiety that I didn't know at the time. Yeah. The anxiety turned into depression. I just, like, I slowly started to, as I say, kind of hide in the shadows. I just didn't go anywhere. I didn't want to see any friends. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go anywhere. And it slowly just started to impact my life over time as it got worse and worse and worse. And, like, for me, I mean, I even say, like, nearly my, my teens, my 20s, and even my 30s are nearly a write-off for me because I was that kind of just, I just didn't like myself so much I kind of like even like I'm an 80s kid and even like I don't it's only recently mm. I've only been able to start kind of listening to 90s music because it just that era of just it kind of sent chills through me it just you know it just wasn't a good time yeah. in my life So even up Keith until until then quite recently mm. the, yeah. the, that um, if you want to call it that kind of crippling you yeah. know effect that came with it that, that was still present like it was still there it still affected you it yeah it's still there today I mean it's just not as bad I mean just the good thing about like now and kind of the last 18 months to two years I've started to kind of realise kind of what I have which you mentioned the body dysmorphia I'd never heard that term before mm. I was able to kind of kind of work on myself and kind of learn triggers and coping tools and stuff like that and have an amazing support system around me has really helped but up until then until I kind of didn't share with anybody and you bottle things up like you've only got your own opinion in your head to deal with and when you're telling yourself every day you don't like yourself and you're listing things off on your fingers every day of things you don't like yourself starting from the top and working to the bottom you'll eventually start to believe those things and it's just where you know it wears at you over and over again and eventually it breaks you down and you eventually it crashes which is what happened to me what did happen or what what was the the turning point or the trigger the, of of improving yeah um it's hard to tell. I suppose everyone is different. And for me, I guess I just needed time to process things. I mean, I mean, I started a blog called The End of Spiral and I just started kind of writing about my own story. But again, as I, I'm using this analogy and people will be sick listening to it, but it's, I call it kind of unra- unravelling the onion. The first few blogs were kind of just kind of teasing things out of myself. You know, it kind of the, the anxiety and where that was coming from. And obviously I was speaking to a therapist and stuff, but it was really the first few blogs that kind of started to kind of I basically was getting things out of my head and down onto paper or onto a screen. Mm. And that was kind of the turning point of kind of, I just started to share. 
and then people were kind of approaching me then saying oh maybe you, you know if you thought about this and thought about that and then the blogs turned into a few more blogs and then it was only when I started the podcast and I started to speak to other people people started to reach out to me and go you know have you ever you know thought about this and that and then the, the term body dysmorphia came up and then once I, once I, I learned what that was my life changed overnight because I realised wow I've been living with a condition for so long that I didn't know I had. Define body dysmorphia as you see it, Keith. As I see it, well, I suppose it's, I suppose the technical term is, you know, it's it's when you constantly see flaws in yourself that other people might not necessarily see. And it's how you, it's how you think other people perceive you. So most of the time it's in your own, it's in your own head. Like it's, 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 it's listed as, as an anxiety condition and it's closely linked to eating disorders, which you can kind mm. of probably see why. Um, so for me, it was basically hiding in the shadows for a long, long time. That's and like it would affect my whole. Like I'd get up in the morning and I would think about myself, and I I know I would think about where I'm going. What what am I going to wear that day? Is it going to be in, like I'd be pulling out my clothes all the time? I'd be turning a certain way. If I pulled up in traffic, I didn't want people looking at me on my side profile in cars. If I was in work, I'd lift certain things a certain way because I didn't want people to see my back, for for example. You'd be constantly looking at your reflection and not in a good way. Um, it would just take take control of your Completely. entire life. And it's mentally and physically exhausting. Like, it's, you would not believe how exhausting it is. And it just caused me crippling anxiety. Mm. The anxiety turned into depression. And it just took over my entire life. And then you mentioned the food earlier on. Like, the, I had, I had a, a, a considerable unhealthy relationship with food and exercise because of this because like for me those certain things I felt I couldn't control so say I didn't like my wrists or I didn't like my hairline sometimes you you think I can't do anything about that where I could control the food I can control the exercise and that's when the kind of the binge eating would start and then you would binge eat because you were so depressed and then you would feel bad about yourself because you already dislike yourself and then you would want to purge it back up then you'd want to go to the gym and the cycle would start all over again. And that's where the, my name, the endless spiral, came from. Because I always felt I was caught in an endless spiral, you know. When you were in that period, when you talk about, you know, looking at the diet and, and going mm. to the gym, yeah. was that then in excess in the sense that, like, if you were going to the gym, you were in the gym, yeah. you know, you were committed to the gym? Yeah, 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 it would, exactly, yeah. I mean, I already was working out at home. And again, you would think about that all the time. What time am I going to eat at? How much am I going to eat? What supplements will I take today? What exercise am I going to do today? Am I going to go somewhere or I might have to eat something where it's going to, going to hinder that and then I'm going to be depressed and anxious and then I'm going to want to purge that up because, and it, again, that takes control mm. of you as well because you're it's just... It's all consuming. It is. It's, and again, as I said, it's mentally and physically draining and exhausting because it is. It's all consuming and you're just in this headspace all the time. Mm. You know, uh, do, sitting down and, and, and the initial stages, as you talk about, of kind of, you know, unraveling the onion and, mm. and, and writing about it and talking about it then subsequently. Um, do you find that therapeutic? Just yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The the writing was very therapeutic for me because of so many people at home. Yeah. Why don't you try journaling? And I just kind of, ah, yeah, I will, I will, I will. I know I'll do it. And then mm. eventually I just sat down one day and just wrote a blog and all of a sudden this, everything just starts pouring out. You know, I've got an amazing person in my life called Gillian at the moment. And I, I just say to her, I'm like a, a waterfall of emotions at the moment. Yeah. Because I went for so long of bottling everything up. And now once I started sharing, it's like everything just comes yeah. out of me. You know, you can probably see I'm spoiling now just talking about know, even yeah. Gillian just talking about sharing with her and all that type of stuff. Like it's amazing where you go from 
from bottling things up to being exhausted to having all this kind of energy and just kind of wanting to help other people then. Um, a couple of messages in, Keith, from, from people, I can yeah. see them coming in here in the text line, um, talking about, you know, sons and, and daughters mm. that they feel are, have going, are going through now, you know, what, what you what you mm. went through. Yeah. Um, what do you say to family or what was your own family's experience, I suppose, of this over the years? Well, I never told anyone, so my family probably hadn't a clue. And I think it, it, I think for me, I'm just on a personal note for this one, I never looked like I had a problem with food or exercise. And so many people say to me, oh, would you look at you? How would you ever have a problem with how you looked? So, and I, so I was able to hide that very well. So no one ever knew. People just thought mm. I was like depressed or whatever. So I think it, 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 it's kind of, it's a hard one really. But for me, like I've got three small kids and I just like, I just try and watch them very carefully and I'm very careful of what I say and don't say. So I think, you know, just watch it very carefully and just be there for them. In what way? Give us an example because I'm, I'm trying to think of the the things that, that people maybe should should or shouldn't say. You know, the, the words, the language that can often mm. really exacerbate this. Well, I think if your child kind of starts to kind of withdraw from a lot of things, that's a kind of a big sign, you know, Um like I've got my own son and I'm just really conscious of him at the moment. Um and I think it's it's it, it's a difficult one and especially for for guys as well as they get older even a teenager like I've got a nephew who's a teenager and like there's an awful lot of talk of muscle dysmorphia now and all that type of stuff mm. and the work now and I think it's just it's I think for guys and it it's it's just talking about it and trying to er- er- eradicate the stigma is a massive part of it. Is the stigma, is it is it as apparent as it, as it was years ago, Keith? For this topic, I think it is. Do you, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I think yeah. men's mental health in general has come on a huge amount. And I think that's kind of, I think, I, I'm, I, I'm, like, that's great. I mean, I mean, mm. you see talks about that everywhere. But when it comes to body issue and body positivity and even food, I think men still find it very difficult to talk about these topics. Like I've had so many men reach out to me and say that to me. Okay. That they, you know, you know, they've, they kind of know they have a problem, but they've never shared it. Or else, or I've, uh, you know, and in all fairness, some have offered to come on the podcast and all that, but a, a lot of men have contacted me saying, you know, I, I just, you know, I want to stay anonymous or I don't want to share. And and, it, and is that to stigma yeah, in your view? It, yeah, I, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely, 100%. And like we live in a digital world where everything's on demand mm. and social media and everything's in your face all the time. And I think it can be very, very difficult. Yeah. You know, especially for guys. But just going back to the parenting, all I would say is to just be very careful and just watch them and don't push it and just be there for them. It's It's really difficult because girls and guys are so different like I've got two daughters and a son and I can see that they're completely different okay. but they've got my genetics and they have and they've got my body shape that I had when I was younger but they both look they both seem to be dealing with this completely different so I would just say is just watch it very very carefully and go on to Bodywise website because Bodywise have a yeah, brilliant section of, of yeah of how to how parents should deal with this yeah. a brilliant section in the in the support section that says yeah, for parents I would go on that and I would read that. They've got some brilliant um, points Good on that. Good advice there, yeah, for sure. Uh, how are you doing now? I'm doing much better now. I mean, look, I'm going to live with this for the rest of my life in it. But the good thing is, like, I, I can process things so much better, you know, and I'm mm. dealing with it so, so much better. And I understand it now. And I talk to people and I share. And I, if I have a bad day now, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to embrace it. Where before I would just kind of like, you, you kind of, it would overwhelm you yeah. and the day would get yeah. worse. Now I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to take today. And I'm going to see how I am. And I'm going to just break it up into little kind of wins, as we as, as we call it, you know, just, yeah. just, just little small jobs. 
and it just works for me. I think it's really, really um, helpful, Keith. You know that, that you've come in and, and chatted to us today, yeah. and just I mean, it's just very simply, just explained. You know your own, your own, your yeah. own background, your own story, and I know that's a big part of what you wanted to do was to encourage people, and in particular, guys, actually. Yeah. To, yeah. to chat about this uh, and as you mentioned the, the bodywise.ie website is is a great uh, starting point for anybody there too looking for information Keith Russell Keith listen thanks a million Very yeah, for joining thanks. us here on Lunchtime Live Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan brought to you by Avant Money weekdays at midday on News Talk.